Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I am your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host, T-Bone, just T-Bone for this episode. T-Bone, how's it going, my man? Going good. Uh, golf's back. Golf is back. Golf's back in a big way. Huge, huge week. Love it. Man, electric week. KJ's not with us for those who, if this is your first time listening, thanks for joining in. We appreciate you. Uh, usually we have a third host. It's the name three under par. Uh, KJ is assuming a new role and responsibility within his company. So he's going to be a little bit busier. Uh, he's on the road this week. So that's why he's not here. But uh, he was pretty on point, life. Yeah, yeah, well, I, he, he called me today and I gave him a pass. I was like, dude, like, go make a good impression. Go do what you got to do. We'll be here. So KJ will be back soon, hopefully. But for scheduling purposes and whatnot, just me and T-Bone. T-Bone, did you have a good weekend, man? That was good. Got to play some golf, which we'll talk about later. Got to watch some golf. Um, and golf is back. So can't complain. It's huge. Happy, happy to be here. We are deep in golf season now, I'd say, personally. Since we're down here in Houston, Texas, middle of June, not overly hot yet. We have days, but come July and August, it's going to be brutal out there. So uh, we played in the Next Gen City Tour event. So shout out to Next Gen Golf. And if you, they have like tournaments all across the country. And so if you want to play in those events, you can actually use our promo code, 3 under par. The number three, three on a par, that'll give you $10, $10 off your entry fee. So we played in it. We're going to break that down. Uh, spoiler alert, we won big time. We won by – we shot minus 21 for uh, two-man scrambles combined. So that was pretty cool. T-Bone, were you upset that KJ and I came in with a lower score than you by one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I had no expectations, though. I uh... – do we want to touch on this at the end, or are we jumping into this? That's our that's our preview. Yeah, sneak okay. preview. Yeah, they beat me by one. Um, it yeah, hurts, but I had I had low expectations. But we won the tournament overall. We did, and also I don't know if you know this, Scaff, but we are the number one ranked scramble team in the country right now. Wow! Boom! Everyone's talking about it. That's it. Shout out the next thing off. <laughs> if you want to come at us, come at us. We're turn three under par. If you go to the scramble division, go to the top because we're number one, baby. Huge. Massive. But Colonial was this week. Golf back in a huge way, as we said, off the top of the show. I'm loving it. A ton to break down. There's a lot going on to it. But before we dive into all of that, follow us on social media at three under par pod. That is number three. 300 Par Pod on Twitter and Instagram. The DMs are open there. We got some good feedback from this week. I think a lot of people were tuning in to Colonial and the Charles Schwab Invitational uh, just because golf is one of the first sports back. And I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing better than Sunday afternoon coming back from church just watching golf. It was awesome. really was. Uh, so we got some good questions, some good feedback from our listenership. We're going to go through some of those questions as the show goes on. Also, I want to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, T-Bone. This is what I'm going to do for those who write reviews on Apple Podcasts for the next two weeks. 
So for the next two episodes, if you write a review on Apple Podcasts, not only will we read it live on the show, but you, that will enter you into a contest to win a box of Pro Bs. Wow. So if you write the review on Apple Podcasts, just write like a sentence or two on what you like about the show, that will enter you to a chance to win a box of Pro B1s, courtesy of 300 Par. So write that review. That's big. And then, That's a good incentive right there. I mean, not that hard. Write it up. Write it up. Get some balls. Little white balls, life, we say this all the time, so why not get some little white balls? And then we will <laughs> just write that review. It'll yeah. give you a chance. And yeah. look, if you're the only one who writes that review, then look, you're getting a box of Pro V1s. That's sick. So, But we encourage a lot of people, all of our listenership, to go do that. So uh, you'll you have a chance to win some Pro V1s now, which is pretty sick because that's the ball I play. I mean, hashtag no free ads, but I play Pro Vs. You play Pro Vs too, right, Scaff? Sure. Whatever I, I find or, yep. Nice. Preferably Provies, yep. No doubt. So that is there. If you're also, if you're watching on YouTube, please click that subscribe button. Hopefully we'll have another video coming out on Friday. That is my plan as of now. So comment below on what you thought of Colonial. And then click that subscribe button to stay up to date with all the videos that we're posting up on Fridays and uh, when we upload the video podcast on Tuesdays. So. Tiba, where do you want to start with Colonial, man? There's so much to break down. I think I want to start with Bryson. Really? You want to start off with Bryson? I mean, yeah. How about I we, can't wait, 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 believe before it. We do that, before we do that, let's talk about the winner. Can we give the winner the props? Okay, sure. Daniel Berger comes out on top. And I don't know a single person who picked Daniel Berger to win this event this week. I really don't. And that's Daniel Berger, if you would have told me he would have won this week, I would have thought you were nuts. He, that guy, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because he strung together some really good golf, some played some phenomenal golf. He was PJ Tour Rookie of the Year back in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So, obviously, he can ball. Uh, it's good to see him back. Good to see him back in the mix. What would you think of Daniel Berger's win, T-Bone? I always looked at Daniel Berger in the kind of JT, Spieth kind of group a little behind them. But same age group, um, great golfer. And then I don't know what's really happened the last two years. Um, he's been kind of off off the face of the planet. No one really knows what's been going on, but he's definitely been struggling. Uh, well, he had some but injuries. I guess towards – okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. But – he had some major wrist injuries, and if you watched anything at all on Sunday, he's got a weird action at the top of his swing that yeah. is – if you have a wrist injury, golfers, like those things don't go away very easily. And especially for somebody like that with that top of the back swing when he's so like flat laid off. But it's different, dude, and it works. It works great. So big shouts to Daniel Berger for overcoming that. Yeah. But, yeah, you could see when the tournament was over, super emotional. So, you know, that was a big win for him. But I think it's interesting. I, I, I yeah, wouldn't have even known he was playing in the tournament. I had no idea. Couldn't, couldn't have been on anyone's radar. But maybe strung together a few good tournaments right before quarantine, I think. Yep. But other than that, didn't know anything that was going on. Yeah, he had played some really years. good golf. Um, one thing that's weird about golf injuries in particular, and the no-laying-up guys are talking about this, is that if somebody's injured, you don't really know about it. 
You know, it's like they just kind of disappear. Like if you go back and listen to our couple episodes ago with JJ Colleen, one of the reasons why he had to take a step back and he won Corn Fairy Player of the Year in 2011 is that he got bit by the injury bug a little bit and he started to make a comeback. Go follow JJ Colleen, dude. He's over playing some Monday qualifiers right now. He's so funny on social media. But yeah, officially friend of the show, JJ Colleen. But guys, there's no like injury injury report in golf. Similar to the NFL or NBA, you'll have guys. Granted, fantasy football has a big reason for that in the NFL in particular. But there's nothing like that in golf. So if guys just take a step back, get bit by the injury bug, you have no idea. So it's good to see Daniel Berger come back and play well and beat dude a star-studded field. The best players in the world were playing. Everybody was there except Tiger Woods. And he won. It was sick. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great win. We can talk Bryson first, and then we'll go from there. So, T-Bone, what do you think about Bryson? Huge. Fucking huge. (laughs) I think the most accurate tweet I saw was that he ate Brian Harmon. Yes. I think that was Kyle Porter who said that. I mean, it had been, I guess, three months since golf um, was last played. But, I mean, his neck, arms, gut, like he is just so damn big. Thick boy. And he looks like a linebacker. And I guess it's all paying off because the guy was bombing the hell out of the ball. Number I mean, one stroke scanned off the tee this week. He was like carrying it, carrying it 300. Um, yeah, it was, I think Justin Rose said he, he had carried one, you know, 300 so yards off the first tee and Bryson was like 40 yards past him. Um, so I think it's interesting to see where this plays out. Cause I feel like that was a huge no, no back in the day, bulking up like that for golf and, you know, you lose your touch and all that stuff, but I feel like people are kind of moving more and more towards this. You know, if you look at Brooks, um, he's massive. Tiger's always been pretty big and Bryson's taken it to a whole new level and kind of curious to see where it goes. Yeah. It's really interesting because he said that right before all this went down. He was like, yeah, like I'm going to use this time to get get in the gym, get a lot longer. And, like, kudos to him. He actually did it. Like, oh, gosh, he almost looks, like, almost uncomfortably big. You know, yeah. he's, like, walking around. Like, Another thing I saw, it said he's drink. he said he's drinking around five protein shakes a day. Like, that's not – I don't know. Like, that. I don't want to get into – I don't want to pivot too hard from this. But, look, for the short term, it works clearly, dude. Like, he has yeah. put on, like, 30 – yards just from last year to this year and people are always looking for ways to get longer and yeah i mean that's the thing we've talked about this in a quarter of our episodes last year it's, it's why is brooks winning and it's just because he's almost hitting it past all the trouble if he does hit it into trouble there's not at majors at least there's not like a lot of fescue around that like kind of where he's hitting it and can get away with it when he's hitting wedges and blowing it past everyone and stuff like that. And it's almost like that's becoming golf now. And he's gone die hard with this approach. So did he do that's crazy head first into the deep end. 
And he's doing it. it also, five and a half degree driver. I mean, it's disgusting. So it's that was one of the, that was right. one of the crazy. That was like my biggest takeaway from the tournament. I, I just when I saw him, I was like, "How do you? <laughs> how did you get there?" Right. But um, yeah, I thought that was a big, big part of the tournament that stood out to me. I think the next logical point of um, conversation we got to talk talk about is lipouts from this weekend, specifically yesterday. The two people that I wanted to talk about next were Morikawa and Xander. Dude, Xander's lipouts on seventeen, unbelievable, like gut wrenching. I don't, I, I don't know what else to say about that, dude. Like that's why golfers have trust issues. That thing was like halfway down the bottom of the hole and still came out. Like I don't understand how that happens. Like golf is a bitch sometimes, and that proves why. You should have heard I the reaction I the sound I made. I don't think I've ever made before it's just kind of like a ah, ah. like i couldn't <laughs> i could not believe it and the worst part was before we get to morikawa's lip out both of the camera views were the the putter face or just behind the putter face facing the hole which makes it like that much more nerve-wracking you just see it happening so close god it was brutal but if you look at xander's you when you look at him actually putting and not from behind the club face, you can see when he hits it, he's kind of like, eh. but it, you know, he probably thought it was going to go in. He kind of has a little hesitation. Just Dude, he started whip around. He started walking. He tried to walk. Uh, in, it was like, Oh gosh, just tough scene. Tough scene. Yeah. Like we say it all like, you hate to see it. Oh my gosh. And, uh, so 15, What's crazy about Xander, dude, is that he missed the playoff by one, and he made bogey on 15 and 17 with essentially wedges in his hands. Yeah. Like, if he just makes par-par on those two holes, he wins the tournament. And he made a bomb on 15 to save that bogey. bogey. So, yeah. like, one could argue that, okay, then that bomb offsetted the three-footer you missed on 17, so it all would have yeah. been about the same either way. But still, man, like, it, it seemed like he was struggling with the speed a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Xander, he's one of those guys, if you're familiar with golf and you follow golf pretty closely, which I assume most people are listening to this podcast, you know who Xander is. He's won some pretty big-time tournaments, including the Tour Championship. So, And he's going to be around for a while. He really is. So get used to seeing Xander up there, but missing putts like that, that was, that's what keeps you up at night. It was, it was also brutal. I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be a great ending to have him make that like another 30 footer on 18 to tie. And he left it short and it was just, it was like, what a brutal way to end it. Like one um, rotation short. Yeah. Oof. But, uh, but again, probably, I don't know which, now we can transition a little uh, with this question. What was the more painful lip out, Xander's or Morikawa's? In terms of the actual lip out, it's got to be Xander. Just because it was a full, like, more than yeah. 360. Uh, in terms of the situation, though, it's got to be Morikawa. Yeah. I, I don't know how great of a putt he hit. Like, that lipped out so hard. Probably had too much pace going. Yeah, too much hole, pace. Anyways. Yeah, I don't think he was going to make that either way. He had missed a lot coming in as well. Um, what do you have? A, he had like a 15-footer on 18. 
um, 10, 15 footer to win. Um, he missed another short one on the back nine. Um, but that's always a brutal way to, to end a playoff. You know, a little oh, yeah. three footer, and you just do a little fist knock, fist bump, and it's like, oh, COVID oh. style, and there you go. get out of there. <laughs> the COVID style, congratulations. Yeah. But there were um, also not lip outs, but Bryson and Justin Rose, they had burned the edge pretty hard, too, coming in on 18. Man, so. that, that putt that Justin Rose missed on 18 just. It looked like it is in the heart, and then that thing dove so fast. So that's why I think big shouts to Daniel Berger because he birdied 18. He was the only person who really made a putt on yeah. 18, uh, at least coming down if those in contention that got him into that playoff. So, um, yeah, you know, Xander, look, solid week, good tournament. Just hopefully scars won't develop from that. Morikawa, though, that was yeah. really the first time that I've seen Morikawa play. Dude, that guy, I saw a couple takes on Twitter that were like, he might be the best ball, he might be the best iron player since Tiger. And that guy's swing is so pure. He played with Spieth on Sunday at Spieth's, it's not his home course, but like you could more or less home tournament for him. Yeah. Yeah. And Morikawa just flat out played better. Yeah. And he's younger. He's not, he doesn't have the pedigree as like a Justin Thomas or. Jordan Spieth yet, but dude, that guy's going to be around for a long time. Very what long he, time. What is he, 2022? 20, I think. I'm going He's young. It. I'll check. Yeah. I think another takeaway from this tournament is a lot of guys disappeared. I mean, that leaderboard was stacked um, after the third round, and a ton of people just dropped off. Uh, Rory with the 41. Um, I think on the front nine. I don't know what happened to Harold Varner. Um, Spieth kind of went away, battled back a little bit. But Okay. By the way. Still pretty young. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people just kind of disappeared. The the leaderboard was really stacked, uh, especially going into the weekend after the third round even. Mm -hmm. And some of those guys just disappeared. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we were talking about missed putts. Bryson, he missed some putts. Bryson had a chance to win it, dude. He's right there. And he bogeyed 17 as well. Said he just got like a flyer lie on 16. And, uh, you know, it happens. That's golf. But for somebody who's so precise, you know, sometimes science doesn't work like that. But, yeah, so the leaderboard, Berger, Morikawa, Jason Kokrak. How about that? Just like coming out of nowhere. He burned, a, he burned the edge on 18 too. Yeah, he sure did. There are a lot of guys that almost got into that playoff. Uh, Bryson, Justin Rose, Xander, uh, Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed. You know, Bubba Watson just he finished too early. Like I didn't see a single shot from Bubba Watson, but that's uh, okay. Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland was there. Sung J M and J T Poston, uh, Spieth and Justin Thomas rounded out the top ten with that. So, uh, start dude, star studded field. And freaking Daniel Berger won. Phil Mickelson was in the mix. Ricky Fowler was there, but he didn't even make the cut. Uh, just Dustin Johnson, he was just seemed uninterested. But, yeah, Roy McIlroy. Let's talk about that for a hot sec. 41. 41 on the front nine. Like, are you kidding me? But he does this all the time. What do you mean? 
I, I feel like there's so many tournaments where, I mean, he still probably had a what top, top 30 finish. And I mean, norm, I'd say normally it's like a, it's not quite that bad. It's normally around a top 10 finish, but I'll just have a string of holes, usually not a full nine, but I'll just totally play himself out of the tournament. Right. I think that's what he did in every major last year. You know, those backdoor top tens that we talked about, but I think there's another stat out there that it was his first non-top 10 in like a crazy, crazy long time. So, and like still so damn good. Yeah. He's still so damn good. Best player in the world. It's not a big deal. And I think that's what a course like colonial will do is that, if I'm not mistaken, on Friday, you know, he shot around even on the first day. On Friday, he goes out there and shoots like 62 or 63. Yeah. And that brings him back into contention, which is pretty solid. So, yeah, 41 round four, shot 63 round two. and But then he comes back with one under. Like, that's what Colonial is. Like, if you're on with those guys, you can go get Colonial. It's the mm-hmm. old-style golf course, as Bryson showed and Rory and all those long hitters which I think was kind of cool seeing the top players in the world play a course like Colonial. They haven't really done that in the last few years. And so if you're on, you can get a lot of birdies. You can go you can get after it. But if you're not on, because I think there's only two par fives out there, it can bleed you out. It can get pretty, pretty tough out there with all those par fours. So yeah. uh, let's see, who are some other highlights we're going to talk about uh, – I want to give a big shout-out to Harold Varner. Harold Varner the III uh, was leading after day one, which was pretty solid. I think pretty much – I don't know a single person who doesn't like Harold Varner. Like, he's just – he's a really good player, pretty young guy, pretty dynamic, sponsored by Jordan, which is pretty cool. So, I thought that was pretty sick. Um, one of the guys on Twitter, so shout-out to Shannon Glidwell – he said that Harold Varner hit 18 of 18 greens on Thursday. That's a clinic, dude. That is a clinic, especially at a course like Colonial, which has traditionally very small greens. And that three, four, and five stretch is tough. tough. I will say that's something I'll never do in my entire life, hit 18 greens. Ever. I have not done that. Have you ever had 18 pars in? No, hell no. <laughs> no chance? No. I got close one time. I got 16, but it's like one of those, you feel like you're on, but it's like, I can't tell if I'm frustrated or not. It's like, I'm having a lot of pars. I got a good round going, but I want to make some birdies, man. You know? Yeah. But yeah. So shout out to Harold Varner, the third. Yeah. DJ nowhere to be seen, which is fine. Like I said, just didn't seem uninterested. Um, Let's talk about Mr. Spieth here. Scaff Daddy, what did you think of Jordan Spieth's performance? I think good stuff. He's uh he's making putts. He was in contention, um, at least going into the last day. You know, anything. I think. I think it, t- this was a drastic improvement from what we've seen. So um, positive takeaways. Yeah, positive week for for Jordan. Um, I think this was a good step in the right direction. He's uh he looked good. The putter yeah. was working. The putter was working. I think he finished like first in strokes game putting. But then again, he had a four putt in there. You know, he had it out of bounds, I believe, on 14 or 15. 
that when he's having a, you know, it's like one step forward, two steps back. And yeah. So I'm with you. I think overall, good takeaway. Solid week. That guy has been playing some terrible golf, like dog shit golf. And so for him to be back in contention, back on the leaderboard, that was good to see. There are things he needs to shore up, though. I still think he is a mental midget. He is a basket case and can't get out of his own way. And I want to give credit to uh, Neil on No Laying Up. He was saying that he's a little worried about speed still because it's not like there's one thing that was wrong. No, it's like a duff chip here that leads to a bogey. A freaking four putt uh, hitting it out of bounds. Like there are different aspects of the game that are struggling as opposed to one. Yeah. So fair enough. I think that's a very fair criticism, but yeah, he had a comment too about his mental game. He's like, I wish I could still just play like I was a kid and just had fun like playing. He's like, I don't. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it could be an issue. You know, Kyle tells me all the time, get out of your own way. Just go out and play golf. And I understand like speed that maybe that's not a fair comparison because he's playing at the highest level of golf out there. And Look, dude, he's a three-time major championship winner. He knows how to get it done. Yeah. I think that's almost even more frustrating, though, when you realize, I've done this before. Why can't I do it again? Find the magic, whatever he's got to do. I think he'll get there, though. He's young enough. I don't think he's developed the mental scars enough. Like, it seems like there's some forming. Yep. But we were saying – that this break might have been the best thing that could have happened to him. And overall, positive takeaway. Swing looked good. Just need to shore up a couple of things still. And then I think we'll be all right. I think so. It's not 2019 either. Remember, he was canceled. He's no longer canceled. Pretty stuff. So, stuff. so, yeah. It could be good. Those were some of the biggest takeaways. Players to watch. Players to see. Overall thoughts. So, uh, golf is back. No person tested positive for the coronavirus this week so another positive note the pj tour is showing other sports leagues it can be done and done safely there were a couple of reports that were like oh people aren't acknowledging social distancing or proper pj tour protocols in there you know blah 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 whatever i really don't care like nobody tested positive everybody stay safe out there it was a good week yeah, overall. I, I don't want to be insensitive about this stuff, but it was like the interview with Berger at the end of the round. The was it um, Dottie Peppers like eight feet away from him, and you just got the cameraman with like a eight foot extension of a microphone. I was like, it was a little strange. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But. <laughs> so Scav noticeably because of the coronavirus, no fans this week out on the PJ tour. What did you think about that? Did it work? Uh, did it not work? What were your thoughts there? I think it's fine. You know, it's not as fun. Uh, I think it, especially for the players, but uh, I think even um, Xander said something like, honestly, it was nice not having them there on 17 when I lived out. Cause you would have had a lot more oohs and ahs that would have pissed me <laughs> off. Yeah, that, so, was, that was pretty funny. I thought it was kind of cool also how you just had the the random balconies that had cheers going on. Um, Big shout out to those fans. Yeah, like that was cool. Their own, 
scaffolding or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was cool. And so, yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously you want them there, but golf is fine without them for the time being. I think knowing that it's a temporary thing is good. Like, I'm not – I thought this week was great. I really did. I, I, I think I said it last week, but this, in my opinion, was golf in its perfect form or as close to perfect form as you can for an imperfect game. And I think it delivered. You got to see – some shots that people usually wouldn't hit because they were there where grandstands usually are. Like, especially when it came to number nine, that pin over the water was tucked back, right? There's usually grandstands right behind there, but you know, you saw a lot of guys going long and they had to make that chip back up instead of getting it dropped over to an easier area. I think it was, it was really good to see, especially Thursday, Friday, and a little bit Saturday. Didn't really notice it. I really didn't. It was yeah. not many fans is generally out there anyway. And with how many trucks that the broadcast requires and all that stuff, like it felt like a regular PJ tour event. You had the camera guys you usually see in the fairways and whatnot. The only time where I kind of was like, Oh, this would be pretty cool. That fans is on 18 seeing people finish on 18 because of the clubhouses right there. Everybody would be surrounding the green. That was really the only time when that really even hit me the last probably four groups coming down 18. It was like, Oh yeah, I guess there would be fans there. Other than yeah. that, I thought it was fun. I really did. And so, if people think I'm stupid about that, like sorry. Also thinking about Xander's comment, the way this tournament ended, I think was a good situation to not have fans because it was just like a bunch of heartbreak. So when you have <laughs> when you have Xander's lip out, you don't have people like commenting. When you have Morikawa's lip out on a playoff, like that would have been horrible for him. If you have the whole tournament gallery waiting and waiting there for them, it was almost anticlimactic. Very, and the times it's going to suck not having fans is if someone makes a birdie to win the tournament. Like right. if Berger would have made, you know, chipped in there or something to win the tournament, and you have just a few claps, that's going to kind of suck. But the way that the tournament ended, I think it was fine. I think it was better to not have fans, honestly. Yeah. I would agree with that. Overall, we need it back, and I guess at some point it's going to happen, but uh, it's going to depend on the tournament for the rest of the year, so we'll yeah. see. I want to give a shout-out to Justin. Justin's a loyal listener on the pod. Uh, he said it was nice seeing players actually having to hit from bad lies when they hit bad shots, not trampled rough. That's a really good point because where fans usually walk or whatnot, like – especially on number five, dude, like that par five is brutal dog leg, right? Usually fans are down there on the right, and especially come Sunday, dude, because fans are walking there the whole week. The rough is trampled down. Like, dude, it is up. People were hitting it through the fairway, getting some buried lies through the trees. Like that's really a point. And then he also said he really liked fans not yelling stupid shit after tee shots. Like mashed potatoes, get in the yeah. hole. There's always the get in the hole guy. I did not yeah. miss the getting the whole guy this week. Yeah, that was nice. So shout out to Justin on that. Couldn't agree more. So uh, let's see. There were a couple other questions. Or Okay, before we get to the questions, the broadcast, Jim Nance, big shout out to him. I thought he did great. I honestly didn't even skip a beat, in my opinion. You know, they're like, oh, we have minimal broadcasts. You know, shout out to – so shout out to CBS for getting that right. 
still too many commercials. Gosh, too many commercials. It's almost like every two minutes, they only show two minutes of golf and boom, like you're done. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, but it's, and it's hard to show everybody. As I mentioned, Bubba Watson finished top 10 and we didn't even see a shot from Bubba yeah. Watson. Rory McIlroy shot 41. I want to see that train wreck. The number one player in the world. He's in contention. Just, I think, two shots back at the time or something like that. He plays himself out of the tournament. Like, what happened? Yeah. So, miss seeing that a little bit. But with it being so packed leaderboard, I understand that you can't give everybody the airtime. But there wasn't that much airtime to give in general, though, which is still really frustrating. And I understand that's being a dead horse at this point. But those are my thoughts there. Also, Ricky Fowler being mic'd up, I thought was decent. Pretty much like all we want to hear is player caddy conversation. That's about it. And he didn't even make the cut. So, sorry, Ricky. Bummer. Yep. I think Nance even said that they offered every single player and only Ricky said yes but then adam hadwin comes in and said i volunteer but y'all said no <laughs> <laughs> oh brutal so jim nance made it a point to say on sunday's broadcast that adam hadwin was going to be mic'd up at the rbc heritage this week so okay nice made shout out to it. adam hadwin on there so uh okay couple of questions that we got from the listenership that i told them we would go through this is from Drew. Shout out to Drew. Little listener of the pod, friend of the show. If you look, T-Bone playing some simulator golf on Saturday night. Friday night. That was Friday night. Place. Yep. Drew said, is the hole on 17 cursed? With the lip outs. The hole on Sunday on 17 was a curse. Uh, I'm sure to say yes. Somebody put some bad juju on that. I think it it might be cursed if it was just a normal putt, but that was the biggest putt of the tournament. Mm. And so uh, is that, that just happened. Golf, so. in your opinion, that's just golf and pressure. It's not cursed. That's a good question. I don't know. Man, that I think it could hopped. be. That was hard pen. Yeah, I think it could be. Hard pen. Uh, this is from Will. He said, "What happened to Spieth?" You know, we kind of talked about it earlier. It's just mental basket case, man. He'll be all right, though. Too many yeah. mental errors. It's, Good step like, in the right direction. Whenever you slice it out of bounds, in my opinion, that's a mental error. Like, it's not – yes, it's physical in the sense that you make a swing at it, but, like, mentally you just had to, like, just black out for two seconds or, or however long it takes to swing a golf club. And that's just, you know, if he, if Jordan, what did he finish? I think I exited out of the leaderboard on accident. Uh, Jordan say he was 12 under three off the lead. Jordan finished 11 under. So he's four off okay. the lead. But, you know, if he doesn't slice it out of bounds, then it's a little different ball game there uh, coming down the stretch with a few holes to play. Mm-hmm. So. That was that. Uh, can Harold Varner continue his hot streak uh, from the first two rounds into another tournament? Harold Varner is really interesting to me because he has a tendency to play well on Thursday, Friday, 
Like if you look at the PGA Championship, he's in the final group with Brooks Kepka, and then just lays an egg. Mm-hmm. Kind of same thing with this weekend. He didn't completely collapse, I would say, um, but you know he had a pretty solid lead and finished up T nineteen. Like I don't know if he's a killer. Like I don't know if he has a killer instinct, but maybe he can develop it. But um, he has a tendency to fall back on the weekends, and I don't know what he can do to fix that. What do you think, Scaff? Um, who are we talking about? Harold Varner, the third. Paying attention. <laughs> um, I don't think he has enough reps. I feel like he's been in this situation before in a in a major or something. I think it was a major or some big tournament, and he's just kind of disappears. PGA. It's almost it's almost like he's not even loses it, like by a shot or two. It's just he he totally disappears. So I think he just needs to get more reps in that position and it'll play itself out. I mean, you got to be good enough to be in the position. So um, I think he'll be all right. Right. Did Bryson need a person? We said, yes, he ate Brian Harmon. Yeah. Brian Harmon. So some other ones is another one is speed. Okay. A lot of concern about speed. I wasn't that concerned about speed. Um, no, I think it was great for him to even be near the lead. This First tournament back, I think it's great. Right, exactly. Overall positive, yes. The yep. four putts and chunk chips and all and out of bounds stuff, like not not good. Mm-hmm. But he'll be all right. Yep. Uh, this one is from Greg out in California. Shout out to Greg. He said, "Have any of you played Colonial and beat any of the top golfers' scores there? Have you played? No, and, no, and no." I, I haven't played it. I haven't played it, so I wouldn't know. I did play Colonial one time and soft flex, shot one under, no big deal. Uh, whenever I played it, those the greens were sanded. They had just punched and sanded the greens. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, great. Like the one time I get to go play Colonial, they punch and sanded the greens. They were still so pure. They were wow. so pure. I made everything that I looked at. So soft flex i beat my friend kramer kramer played this week at the tournament and had a miscut so i shot lower than kramer that's what it comes out i'm not saying i'm better than kramer but i shot lower than him what would you have shot in the tournament really high (laughs) really high i don't know if i would have broken 80 yeah that's how it goes uh i don't know so scav do you think you could break 80 on a pga tour course like no colonial no. No? Can you break 80 in general? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. What What was more difficult, Merido or Colonial? Merido for sure. Really? I saw that question coming. Yeah, Merido. Hmm. Merido was like, just don't even try. Just good yeah. luck. Yeah. Just like, you're just going to take a punch in the face and hopefully you'll wake up tomorrow. And Colonial yep. was fine. Colonial was... Colonial is a shorter course. And so that's why, again, I like seeing the longer guys and the best players in the world play it. So, uh, yeah, Colonial is so sick, though. Classical, timey golf course. I'm really glad it turned out to be a good week. The stars virtually showed up outside of a hand few, but that's okay. That's golf. That is, you know, not seeing Phil Mickelson or DJ or any of those types of guys up at the top always stinks. But – it happens. Uh, 
so is there anything else you want to add for Colonial? I think we, I think we got it. I think we touched it all. If we miss anything, let us know. You can write that in review. If you write the some review, get some Pro V1s. So uh, RBC Heritage next week. Pretty much everybody, same deal. Virtually the same field, I think. Maybe a few people are in and out here or there. If I miss anybody, sorry. Uh, but RBC Heritage, what do you think? Who do you like for RBC Heritage this week? Uh it's kind of, from what I can tell, it's, again, not like a, a bomber's course. Um, Kuchar has played well there a lot and has been – is a previous winner. So I kind of like Kuchar for some reason as a dark horse. Okay. But I want to keep riding this Bryson train. I was very entertained watching him hit the big ball. So definitely, I like him this week. I think okay. he's one of the higher favorites going in so uh i like those two guys um and i'm not gonna pick rory because but rory's got the best odds to win 11 yep. to 1 right now justin thomas 14 bryson 14 to 1 john rom 18 to 1 shoffley 18 to 1 Murakawa is at 25 to 1 i think those are decent odds and then rose webb and hideki matsuyama patrick reed and sung jm are 28 to 1 all good. Uh, was there there were rumors that Tiger was maybe going to play in this? Does anything come from that? Uh, Tiger is not playing officially. Okay. Not playing in this event. Yes, because his his yacht was yacht, going towards. Yes, yep. yacht was headed up the east coast. Looked like it was parked pretty close to RBC Heritage, and no dice. Unfortunately, not playing again. I don't think we'll see Tiger. He just until, broke up pretty bad there. Oh, sorry. I don't see Tiger playing until Memorial. Yep. That would be my thoughts. But I think that Webb Simpson's going to have a bounce back week. Okay. How do you even do? I, I didn't really see him around the leaderboard. Not good. He didn't make the cut. Okay. So, but Bummer. RBC Heritage, a little bit shorter course, East Coast on the coastline. So it's going to be really windy. Plays similarly to Colonial in terms of actual course, but the wind's going to be a big factor. Yeah, I like Bryson's pretty good pick, but I think Webb Simpson's going to be due for a bounce back, as well as I'm going to go with – I'm on the spot here – Gary Woodland. Okay. That's Stinger, stinger dude. Yeah. Hellacious seeds just <laughs> – That Stinger season is just – So good. Could be. That was off the cuff here. But, yeah, dude, like, if we wanted to, we could be like, oh, let's go Roy McIlroy. Let's go Justin Thomas every single week. Like, that gets boring. Like, I want to go with some some not-so-good picks. So, okay, yep. let's, let's take this from the no laying up, guys. Who's not going to win? Who's going to – essentially, we're trying to guess who's going to finish second. Let's fly close to the sun. Who's going to be in contention but not win? Who is not going to win this week? But finish, like who's going to do the best? Who's yes. going to finish second? My pick to finish second? Virtually, yes. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Tony I, Finau. Okay. I like I'm gonna that. I'm going to say Tony Finau is not going to win this week. Um, I'm going to say Patrick Reed. He's been lurking around 
Okay. Um, sniffing around the leaderboard where no one wants them. But uh, I'm st- I'm in a good golf high. I think a good way for it to keep it going is Patrick to just miss out on a RBC Heritage title. Definitely. You know who might be a decent long shot to win this week? Abraham Answer. Okay. He's playing some good golf. Abraham yeah. Answer. So those are that. Those are thoughts on Colonial, RBC Heritage. So I think we've talked a little bit longer than what we were planning on doing. <laughs> There's a lot to break down, though, from this last week. So we're going to talk some personal golf, though, with Next Gen Golf. So uh, if you're going to tune out here, that's great. Go write that review, though, on Apple Podcasts, again, to enter into a contest to get a box of Pro V1s. Or a golf ball you're choosing, but now let's go pro V's. So uh, we played in a next-gen golf event, City Tour event, this last week. City Tour, we've had Chris Hart on the show. They are friends of the podcast. And we just played in the two-man scramble event, and we won. It was awesome. One by, not to brag, one by 15? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, It was a blast. Um, it was a two man, a three groups of a two man scramble. If I'm saying that right. So we took the two lowest <laughs> little scrambles. Confusing. We took the two lowest scramble scores and Scott and Kyle shot 61 and me and this guy named taco who I had no idea who he was or where he came from, but you guys just told me you're playing with taco. So I was like, <laughs> all right. I drove up into the parking lot as the carts are being shipped off to their holes, and we had a blast, and we're a great team. He hits the piss out of the ball, and I can't hit a driver. So uh, our games worked pretty well. Um, it also makes me realize, yeah, 10 under. Missed you guys by one shot. Um, but it was, it was fun playing in the tournament, even if it was scramble. Uh, even a two-man scramble is a little more nerve-wracking than just a normal scramble. <laughs> you're having to – I mean, if you miss a three-footer, it's your – it's on you. So, um, it was it was good to be in a tournament that's pretty laid back but also still competitiveness to it. I totally agree with that. It's just – it's good knowing you're playing a tournament, but that is, it has a very normal feel to it. So if you're not familiar, you can do a best ball division or a scramble division. We chose to do the scramble division. No big deal. We're the number one ranked scrambled team in the country right now. Boom. Also, if you didn't see the Instagram post, we had the most fire shirts out there. Um, We were wearing these Roosevelt's Macho Man, Randy Savage, short sleeve button downs. Um, They were were pretty money. We're the only team that had team shirts, so – the tournament was basically over before it started. We won the mental battle, I think, yep. before yep. it even got started. There was actually another team that was wearing pretty close to matching stuff, but we were all matching. Yeah. Yep. Shirts were comfortable. It was weird playing in a button down, I will say. Yeah. But, hey, you look good, you feel <laughs> good, was. you play good. Yeah. That's what my it. high school golf coach said. Yeah. That's why he it. made us wear pants. My high school golf coach made us wear pants in, like, okay. April and May here in Houston, like it was so hot. That's a that's a little much. Finally, I think for the state tournament, because it was about ninety five degrees and really humid in Waco, he we were like, Coach, can we please wear shorts? He said yes. So we got that. Nice. 
Yeah, no, it was fun. You know, shout out to Next Gen Golf. Again, low key, if you are like a young professional or I don't know, just in the working world. And one thing that's great is that they're on the weekend. You know, we played what would probably be a usual green fee at this nice course here in Houston, a public course too. And we paid the entry fee and you now got a sleeve of balls and went and played a little bit of competition golf. So that was, it was a blast. Really well run, I would say, in the sense that they just let us do our thing out there. And that's what you really want, I think. Yeah, that was good. I think that exempts us into the national tournament, national championship, Kiwa Island this December. Boom. We'll see if I make it or not. TBD. <laughs> yeah, that's up in the air. It'd be fun. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to think about that one. We'll keep y'all posted on that. But again, thanks, Next Gen Golf, for hooking us up. If you are interested, just go to nextgengolf.org, seriously, and go look up your area. They got tournaments literally all over the country. Use our promo code three under par, and that will get you $10 off your entry fee and registration fee. Again, we're just we're trying this out, see if it works or not. You know, we're just fans of Next Gen Golf, so uh, we want to help promote them, grow this thing, because it's pretty fun. And look, the national championship last year was at Piners. This year is at Kiwa Island. It's pretty cool. Like You get to play some really good courses, and you could use it as an excuse to your significant other as a boys' golf trip. <laughs> Boom. That's what good we're going stuff. with here. So, T-Bone, that's all I got, man. There was one other thing that maybe I wanted to talk about, but don't know if we have the time to. I'm tired. I thought this was going to be a 30-minute episode, but fuck, golf is back. There was a lot to break down, dude. Let's yeah. go. Golf's back. Fantastic. Before we go out there and take on the world and go shoot three under par multiple times, we uh, <laughs> go write that <laughs> review on Apple Podcast Again. Pro V1s headed your way if you write that review or enter you in the contest to do it. And then it does help us. So, cause we're, uh, a lot of podcasts have taken a hit here and our numbers have not dropped significantly, which is great. Actually they've grown, which is fantastic. And so that's thanks to you, the listenership. It's all about you right now. Hence the box Pro V1s. We want to help grow this thing. Cause we got some ideas, hopefully a three and a part tournament coming this fall. If you're here in the Houston area, that is in the works at the moment. And so stay tuned for that. Write that review. Subscribe on YouTube. Hopefully some good, fun videos are coming. Scaff, we need to get together and talk about that. We'll do that at some point. And um, so we appreciate y'all. Golf is back. Tuning in. Ton the breakdown. We gave Colonial Preview. RBC Heritage Preview. Colonial Review. There it is. Whatever. All right. We're talking too long. You know the drill. Tell a friend about the podcast, too. We thank you. We appreciate you. Scott. T-Bone, T-Bone, good work, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And remember, Little White Ball is life.